Well, hello there. Before we jump into today's Coaching Hive podcast episode, I want to share just something special with you this morning. And that is the Coaching Hive doors to membership are now open for the first time since February 21. We are welcoming new members with the Coaching Hive blueprint to focus on mindful vision, inspiring guidance, and progress-driven learning. If you are interested in learning more, please go to www.coachinghive.com forward slash enroll. And you won't want to delay because the Coaching Hive doors are going to reclose so that we can focus on our new members, celebrate them, help everyone to make the kind of progress that the Coaching Hive is all about. Now, on to our Coaching Hive podcast episode of the day. I had an opportunity this week to sit down with a dear friend and colleague, John Zabel. John has truly traveled a unique journey, but I think it's one that we can also relate to. And in this episode, he is going to share some of his ideas about self-care and how that has really evolved over time for him. He has been an educator. He has been a coach. He has been homeschooling dad. He has worn all of the hats and it is such a unique opportunity to sit down with him in the quiet for just a few minutes and learn from the wisdom he has gained over the past several years in particular about how to care for our own well-being so that we can support others in their well-being. I think you're going to love it. And let's go ahead and jump right into that conversation. I'm Dr. Mora. I'm a college professor, instructor, coach, and passionate mentor to health coaches around the world. But I haven't always been that confident and committed to my coaching career. I was hesitant to take the next step and wasn't sure what the best approach was to success and fulfillment. I decided to step into my passion and purpose of guiding health coaches on their journey from hesitant health coach to committed health coach. With a unique approach to coach growth, the Coaching Hive Blueprint combines creating a mindful vision with inspiring guidance and progress-driven learning. The Coaching Hive podcast is your glimpse into the concepts, ideas, and approaches that underscore the Coaching Hive while giving you the opportunity to implement tools and tips along the way. Are you ready to dive into today's podcast? Then let's go and remember that this podcast is family-friendly, so go ahead and play it through your speakers. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so glad to sit down with someone who I consider not just to be a colleague, but a friend as well. And I was thinking back today, how long we've known each other. And my best guess is somewhere around 12 or 13 years, which I can't believe. Um, But it's been a while since we've had a chance to sit down and chat. And I'm really looking forward to sitting down with you today. Yeah, me too. I think it has been like 12 or 13 years. It's hard to believe. (laughs) It really is. Um, But before we jump in, I know we're talking self-care today, but before we jump into that, I wonder if you might just share a little bit about yourself. I know we've worked together in education before, but that's not all you are or all you have done. So I'd love to hear just a little bit more about who you are. Yeah. Um, So I have, I've been a teacher. I've been a college professor. I have, 
I trained to be a counselor in health psychology. I have four boys. I'm married to an OBGYN. I um, have pets. I have several dogs. I have a cat. I have a busy life, um, a very full life and a very fun life. It sounds like it. And with four boys and pets and a busy wife, it sounds like you have a lot going on. And your background, I think, probably serves you really well, given all of those those parts of your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that you just mentioned you have that health psychology background. What really led you to pursue more health and wellness? Well, I, um, I would say my health and wellness journey has kind of been lots of twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally, when I got the degree in health psychology, I was very interested in how uh, in working with people who had, um, chronic diagnoses. So mm-hmm. people who had been diagnosed with something with diabetes or something like that and helping make behavior changes. Um, I left that and did some teaching for a while and then very quickly found myself in an environment where teaching was my main job, mm-hmm. but wellness for my students and for my colleagues became my passion. Uh, I noticed how, a lack of wellness, uh, a, an environment in which people were super busy, high achievers, lots of type A personalities, that kind of thing. People would overlook their own wellness and it just became toxic, toxic for students, toxic for teachers. So uh, my passion for wellness really uh, swelled um, in that time of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what has really led me to where I am today is that environment um, where I was a wellness coordinator. Wellness was my job. I was trying to help everybody else with their wellness. And what I found out was I may be overlooking my own. Um, I was working around the clock, um, doing stuff at school, doing stuff outside of school to prepare, to help, to build these wellness programs, um, and not scheduling my own self-care, not scheduling things that uh, gave me a chance to relax. I was overlooking other, pri- you know, things that should be priorities in my life. Um, and it affected me big time. I got really sick, um, and had a really difficult few months that gave me an opportunity to reflect and, uh, to see what wellness for myself really looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a long time to recover. And now as I have, I'm, uh, you know, really looking forward to and passionate about trying to help other people, avoid the same sort of catastrophe that happened in my own life. I think what you share about how we try and help others, especially when we're in a helping profession, whether it's coaching or teaching or anything of the sort, we do tend to overlook ourselves because we are giving, giving, giving without realizing that our cup is getting emptier and emptier. And we're going into that deficit rather than having something left to give. And you're right. You know, you experienced a catastrophe and I remember that. And it was a wake up call for me, but I think until it's happens to us personally, it doesn't actually create that sustainable change. You know, we have to either really want it or something, especially in the U S happens. And then we make that shift. So I can absolutely see that we do that We do that, especially if we're type A, which I fully admit to being. (laughs) Right. 
it's easy to, to go on achieve mode or perform mode and not necessarily take a step back and know that it's okay to slow down and to say no to things. Yeah. And for me, I was on a path where it was almost something had to sort of break me down. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a moment where I was having a difficult time walking because I didn't have any balance. I, I could not balance to move from one end of the hallway to the other. And my mother was here in my house helping me. And I ended up on the floor. I mean, I couldn't make it from one end of the hall to the other. And I just remember that moment of clarity where it was like, well, this all makes sense. I know how I've gotten here and I know I've got to make a change. I've got to do something different. Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and so many of us get to that point. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we didn't have to? Yes. Wouldn't it be amazing if we said, you know what? I'm type A, that's fine. But as part of my type A, I am going to achieve at making sure I take care of myself. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think schools and workplaces are trying toward that, but there's still a huge gap as to where we need to be and where we are right now. Oh, absolutely. So you are a coach now, correct? Yes. So can you tell me a little bit about how you are what you're kind of doing with your coaching, but also how it incorporates this concept of wellness, knowing that it's been such a big transformational point for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the, one of the things that I work with people most on is, uh, making a change. Uh, many of my clients are in midlife, uh, midlife as we define it, uh, <laughs> which is scarier to define as we get older, Yes. Um, but midlife as we define it and realizing that the job that they're in is necessarily one that fulfills them. Uh, They're finding that they're burning the candle at both ends, that um, no matter what they're doing, maybe the result doesn't always align with their own values. Um, And there's a lot of wellness just in taking the time to explore what it is that you're doing and make sure that it's in alignment with what you believe Mm -hmm. and what you really want in your own life. Uh, So there's a lot of wellness uh, in in that aspect of the coaching that I do. And it's interesting what you just mentioned, and I hope you don't mind if I kind of go off on this for a second, but you talked about, you know, I'm type A and it's okay that I'm type A, but maybe I can use my type A to really include self-care and wellness. Um, And so one of the things that I work with a lot of clients on and that I have found works so well for myself is scheduling things in like self-care. And for me, that's the biggest part of self-care for myself. I spend about an hour on Sundays because that's just the day that it works for me. And I make my to-do list for the week and I put in things that I want to do, things that I need to do and things that I'm obligated to do. And as I make that to-do list, I give myself sort of a time limit. So that's that's a way of self-care for myself, right? Because I can make a to-do list for hours and hours on end. I'm yes. sure you could too. Yeah. I know nothing of which you speak. I do not know about those <laughs> sticky notes or the endless lists or the hours right. I've spent playing. No, I don't know about that. Right. I mean, I think we all know about that. That's something that we all have. Right. So as I do that, I take all of that. And the first thing I put on the calendar are the things that I want to do, including self-care, including some fun activity that I'm going to do during the week, even if it's an hour spent with my boys or an hour spent walking outside or going on a hike, or maybe it's a whole day trip, you know, whatever it is that I want to do. And then I go in and schedule everything else in. Um, So I use 
in that particular circumstance, I use my own type A-ness to include my own self-care, mm-hmm. to plan it ahead of time. And then because um, I am a rule follower, I'm the kind of person that's going to look at this calendar and do whatever it is I said I was going to do. I do it. <laughs> yes. And that's not something I've always done. I haven't always put it on the calendar. And if it's not on the calendar, I don't feel like I have to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy to make it. Let's just let slide. So I have to admit, I, I plan to, I often sit down Sunday evenings and I pick out the three top things I need to do each day, but one of them is self-care. Mm-hmm. And in the past I have put down self-care and you know what happens? Nah, it, it yeah. kind of gets moved. But I did something a couple of weeks ago. I signed up for a 15 week yoga stress relief course. And because I'm a rule follower, (laughs) I do it every day. Every day there's a practice and it takes 15 minutes. Sometimes it's journaling. Sometimes it's mindset. Maybe it's chair yoga or restorative, but there's that rule follower in me. I found a way to work with it. It's a 15 week class. I get continuing ed credits, but because it's a, a course that I've paid for and I've signed up for and I committed to showing up for, I do it. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do when 15 weeks are over. I'm hoping there's a habit that's been formed and I'm good to go. Uh, that's great. Yeah. And if not, sign up for another one of those things. It sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> it's super exciting. And, you know, it's not high stress. It doesn't take much time. And I think it's a reminder to us that we can find 15 minutes, even if that's all you have five minutes at the beginning, five in the middle and five at the end of the day, even might work. Oh, for sure. And that's, that's another part of being like putting all of that onto my own calendar was kind of eye opening for me the first time, because I was the kind of person who always thought I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I can't fit this in. I don't have time to do this thing. And then when I started putting things on the calendar and actually realizing how much time I spent not doing things, I was like, oh, oh, there's some time. Oh, look, here's a little time. Um, and so, so time kind of showed itself mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way to me in that process. Yeah. It's humbling to realize how much time we spend on things that aren't serving us. Absolutely. And that looks different for everyone, but I know what mine are. I know what the things I do are that don't serve me very well. And I spend, a, I spend too much time and Simple planning can really alleviate that because you get those, those wants and those need, those obligations. Mm -hmm. I have to show up to teach class. I don't have a choice. I mean, I do, but I don't. Right. (laughs) So it's an obligation. (laughs) Yeah. Those I have to do, but the other things, there's so many stuff. There's so many things we tell ourselves we have to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of those kind of ahas you had in your situation. You realized you were doing a lot of things you really didn't have to do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And changing those and looking at what I was doing and what I had to do versus what I didn't have to do and what really served me Mm -hmm. and prioritizing those things. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the idea of values. That's something I talk with my coaches a lot about and getting in line with your values, even just reminding yourself of what your values are. I find so many, and you may be too, find so many times you say, okay, so is this in alignment with your values? And someone says, sure. Well, can you tell me what your values are? Uh, 
So really taking time and stopping and thinking about what are my actual values? Can I share those with someone? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's definitely this very basic level of how our values drive our life that we tend to overlook because it's not something that we're, we're taught to do. It's not mm-hmm. something that we're necessarily taught is important to do. Um, and it's something you kind of have to learn to do. And it's, you have to find ways to remind yourself of what your values are, because it's very easy to, to have an idea mm-hmm. and not think about it every single day or even once a week, you know, kind of having that reminder that really puts it into your brain and helps you make the choices when you're deciding, am I going to do this thing or not do this thing? If you can remember your values, it certainly helps you to make a better decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a part of self-care too, is just knowing, knowing those values and staying true to them to the best of your ability. There are always going to be things that pop up that may or may not quite align that you just have to say, well, this is, it is what it is in the moment mm-hmm. and then make an adjustment after. Yeah, absolutely. And then being forgiving in those moments, mm-hmm. you know, of yourself. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So clearly you think that self-care is a pretty important part of your routine. Can you share just a little bit more about what you feel like it gives you when you really do stay committed to your self-care routine? Yeah. So I always think about sort of the, the worn out adage, you know, that you hear on a, a flight, you know, put your mask on before you can help anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and as cliche and as used up as that phrase is, I mean, it's real. It's perfect. It it really truly is. Um, and as a person, you know, who's a caregiver for four kids and, uh, supporting my wife and her career and have a career of my own and these kinds of things, it's, if I don't take the time to do those kinds of things, I find myself out of sorts, you know, um, much more short-tempered with the kids, Mm-hmm. Uh, much more uh, impatient when it comes to helping other people, impatient when it comes to completing my own tasks. But if I've taken the time to do something you know, self-care related, it sort of helps me center myself. Mm-hmm. I do so much better in everything else that I do. So definitely, if I don't take that time and put my own mask on in the morning, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to help anybody else put theirs on. <laughs> You're right. Absolutely. And you bring up, you know, you're, you're less, you're much more even keeled, more compassionate. You're much more in that space of empathy, especially with your kids, with careers happening and juggling all of the things. And absolutely in our house, I say, you know what, I've got to take a minute. Mm -hmm. I need to just go be by myself. And everyone knows if I'm saying that we're at a point where I have to step away and I've got to really focus on my self-care and no one bothers me for a solid yeah. 10 minutes, <laughs> but <laughs> 10 minutes is better than you none. Yeah. You take what yeah, you get sure. and it's enough and what, to just recharge. Yeah. And what a great example you're setting for the other people around you mm-hmm. that you value that time and realize it's important. And, and eventually so will they, if they don't already, you know, it has been a learning curve, but you know, I find even our 10 year old will say, I need a minute. I'll be back. And I so appreciate that he knows when to walk away and take care of himself versus just blowing up or having that big emotional response that he knows he already knows is going to be out of proportion or out of sorts with what's happening. And so he says, I've got to stop. I'm going to walk away. Yeah. 
So it takes time. It takes practice and it takes patience (laughs) with yourself (laughs) and with everyone around you just to know how to do that. Absolutely. So I know you said you plan. What are some other ways that you, that you love to engage in self-care? So there's a lot of things. Some are bigger than others. One of the things that I love to do is to go on walks. Mm. Um, and so I work from home and I homeschool my kids. And so I have time during the day that I'll go on walks by myself. Um, I'll go on walks with my family. I'll go on walks with my wife, um, Mm. depending on what I need. Um, and my kids have gotten to the point where they'll do the same sort of thing. So they'll say, I think I'm going to go walk around the block. Um, and I'll say, oh, okay, great. I love going on a walk. Do you want me to go with you? And they'll be like, no, I really want to go by myself. <laughs> Dad, please just leave me alone. Please leave me alone. Right. Um, and so that, that kind of thing is something that's simple. It takes a little bit more time. Um, other days, it's just, I'm going to spend a little bit of extra time getting ready in the quiet of my bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to, today when I shave, I'm going to really take my time doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, really experience it rather than rushing to get through it, you know, or brushing my teeth or, or small things like that. Just really taking the moment to be mindful, to be present uh, and to just be right there where I am and know that I'm doing something for myself um, can give me a good bit of energy and definitely put me on an even keel for a longer yeah. period of time, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a great point. It doesn't Um, have to be anything special. So let me, I just want to pause for a moment. You don't have to take, you don't have to do anything special. It can be as simple as you shaving in the morning. I close the bathroom door and I put my makeup on and I curl my hair. And that's a moment where I just same deal as you. I take a little bit of extra time and it just allows me to center myself. I'm not listening to anything else. I'm not doing anything else. And I've made sure I have enough time that I'm not trying to rush out the door. So I'm not checking my watch constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's those little moments. It doesn't have to be something grand. It's as simple as those few extra moments in the morning routine of just things you're already doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be simple and it can also be, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a task that you're doing every day uh, that you're just changing the meaning of for me, sometimes it's just taking a moment and maybe in the middle of cooking, I happen to have a moment to myself in the kitchen and I slow down for 30 seconds and I stop cooking and I just Mm -hmm. breathe and I'm just there. And I give myself sort of that gift of, of that 30 seconds of no kids are running through the kitchen right now. This is nice. It's quiet for a minute. The only, the only sound is the water boiling in the pot in front of me. Just going to listen to that. Mm -hmm. And those little catching those little moments where you can, um, makes a big difference, especially in a busy house. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering about boundaries. Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) That's a big one. Okay. So can you share just a little bit more about that? I know it's something I struggle with routinely. I've gotten better with age, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a fine wine, but, um, it still is certainly a challenge, especially in our go, go, go society. So I wonder if you have any nuggets of wisdom to share. I think that's definitely um, something that we get better at as we get older, Um, sometimes without trying, but a lot of times it takes a good bit of effort. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, I'm the kind of person that if somebody's in front of me and they ask me to do something, I'm so likely to say yes. Uh, and that was one of the things that sort of led to this downward spiral with my own wellness before was um, I always wanted to take every opportunity and I always wanted to say yes to everything that was put in front of me. Um, then I thought I could do it and I, I couldn't necessarily. Um, so I learned to set boundaries in that way um, as time goes on. And one of the, one of the best things that I ever heard um, was when you say yes to something, think about what you're saying no to at the same time. And I was hearing that message in so many different places in my life. And it just took so much for me to actually hear it and start doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about, okay, well, if I say yes to doing this project, if I say yes to helping this person right now, what am I saying no to? Well, I had planned to do this for myself, you know, this other thing that's going to be fulfilling for me, but is it worth sacrificing that to help this person in front of me to please them by saying yes in this mm-hmm. moment? Yeah. That takes energy and it takes mm-hmm. a willingness to step outside your comfort zone because a lot of times we do, we, we're taught, a lot of times we're taught to do our absolute best all the time. Mm-hmm. And that means saying yes. It means adding extra things to our plate. It means saying no to the fun stuff because that means that we have more time for the other things. And it takes, I think, a lot of patience to start to make that shift and to really stick to it. it takes courage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely not something that's easy. Um, it connects so well to me to what we were talking about earlier with having your time scheduled out. When I put everything that I need to do on my calendar, for me and my own personality, it's so much easier for me to say no to somebody because I know there's no room in the calendar because I already have this hour in the morning blocked out for whatever it is I'm going to do for myself mm-hmm. or whatever my obligation is. Um, and so that helps to give me that courage mm-hmm. um, where when I didn't have everything on a calendar, you know, and I saw these open blocks, it was like, oh, well, I kind of can't say no, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I love, I love that. And really it it comes back to knowing what you have to do when it needs to be done and what it looks like and not to just focus on what I consider the have tos, but to also consider, because really self-care is a have to. You have to do that. But a lot of times we don't put it in that block of have to, we put it in the block of, oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get to it today, that's just a sticky note to move to somewhere else. It'll be fine. Right. So planning, I think is the heart and soul of it. And taking that time each week to do it in a chunk for, at least for me, makes it feel more doable because I don't have to think about every day I have to plan. No, I do it once a week and then it's laid out and I know exactly what's expected and I know what I need to get done. Yeah. And, and for me, being able to plan it and put it on a calendar doesn't just make things happen for me. It also reduces my level of anxiety. Yes. Like exponentially in in Mm -hmm. such a huge way, because I may be sitting and homeschooling with the boys on Monday morning. And thinking about the pile of laundry that I have that needs to be done, you know, but if I have that laundry, something as silly as laundry on the calendar, I I know I don't have to think about it. Even when that thought crosses my mind and I'm feeling like, okay, we've really got to hurry up. Can we read a little bit faster? Are we going to be done with this math? Um, Which is unfair to my kids and unfair to what I'm trying to be present and do in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I can 
I can remember, oh, I'm doing laundry on Thursday. I've got two hours scheduled for that. Why am I worrying about it now? And so then that anxiety of, um, that keeps you from being present, uh, Mm -hmm. sort of falls away. Yes. I always say it's like telling your squirrels to take a nap. The squirrels that run around in your brain that have all of these random thoughts. It's like telling your squirrels to take a nap and because it's on the paper, they can nap. My kid never napped. That's okay. But (laughs) I have learned how to get these squirrels to nap. And a big part of it is getting the thoughts out of my brain. So I don't have to worry about them. Once they're on the paper, fine. They're good. They're good. I don't have to think about when it's supposed to happen. I know when it's supposed to happen. Yeah. I love that you talk about these squirrels in your head. It always (laughs) makes me laugh. It's such a, such a good visual, but so accurate. Well, (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things that I said one time and I realized at least for me, it was accurate that I had all of these moments and I wasn't, I wasn't present because (laughs) I had these little thoughts running around and unless I put them somewhere, that's all they did was they ran around. Yeah. But the moment I did it, it felt like they were taking a nap and everything was quiet and calm. And that looks different for everyone. But for me, certainly planning is the key is the key yeah. to that. I agree. So when you think about self-care, I just have one more question okay. that I'm wondering about. Most people are busy. I feel like 2020, 2021 has allowed us to pull back a little bit, but I feel like now that a lot of the country is opening up, we're going back to that push, push, push mentality. Oh, I need to be in this and this and this, and I've got to go do that and be there. And we're already, I feel like, and it may be unfair to me of me to make a kind of assumption. I feel like we're getting back into that busy mode without taking the lessons with us that we learned from 2020, that we don't have to have all of the things all the time scheduled. So what is one tip for incorporating self-care into your routine, especially on busy days? You're busy. You've got four kids. You are homeschooling careers. You've got a lot going on and laundry for all of those people. Let's think about this folks laundry (laughs) for four kids and multiple adults and pet laundry sometimes that's a lot of laundry. So when you're busy, how do you incorporate, you know, what's the easiest way to do that? For me, sometimes it's one, it's catching the moments when you can. Okay. Uh, so in between tasks, mm-hmm. um, and for me more than just catching moments between tasks, it's catching the moments during tasks. Ah. So even in a moment of doing laundry and folding clothes, you know, that can become a meditation, you know, especially if I'm doing like a load of towels and you're folding one thing after another, after another, and it's a repetitive action. If you can give yourself a moment to turn anything else off. Um, so I love listening to podcasts. Um, I love listening to audiobooks when I'm doing those kinds of tasks, but that keeps squirrels in my brain, just going <laughs> as fast as they can trying to keep up with what it is. And, and learning. And so it's, uh, it gives me an opportunity if I turn those things off, just to be present with the things that I'm doing, just to be there. And all I'm doing right now is folding this towel and I'm folding the next one. And sometimes that take, means taking the time to even do it better, you know, rather than mm-hmm. folding it because I'm rushing to get to the next load of laundry. Um, really just being present doing the best and, and those simple tasks that we want to rush through. Yeah. Oh, good point. 
those simple tasks that we try to rush through. I cannot tell you how often we dump all the laundry on the bed and we say, okay, everyone start folding. And it's like, how can we fast? Can we get this done? But the moments when I'm alone and doing it, I turn everything Mm -hmm. off. Yeah. And I just, I'm in the silence and it is an opportunity for meditation and I'm more careful just because I'm much more intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a big point of what you're saying all along is really being intentional in the moment. Mm-hmm. And on the, on the other half of that, I would say, even, you know, I'm not always doing laundry by myself. If I'm doing laundry and I'm involving my kids because I want them to learn to do laundry because I hope to not have to do theirs forever. Yes. <laughs> um, Good plan. Throwing a big blanket in the middle of our floor, putting the laundry on it and laughing at each other, laughing mm-hmm. with each other as we're doing it, you know, as my six-year-old struggles to figure out where the head hole of a shirt is and which part you fold first. And, you know, it becomes a big fun thing for all of us. Um, And then watching his older brothers try to help him, but then he doesn't understand and they laugh through it. It's just finding the joy in those moments is self-care to me, rather than thinking, why can't you get this right? Can't we get through this? You know? Mm -hmm. Yes. We, we tend to sort laundry by throwing it at one another. And then you're responsible for your own pile and it ends up, it's fun. It, you know, we all start laughing and no one feels overwhelmed because it's a big pile. It's, you know, we're going to sort it together. And if I finish my pile first, I help whoever still needs help. And it's a great way to just, we do, we laugh, we have fun. Sometimes we dance, we have a dance party, turn on the music and yeah, it doesn't have to be quiet. It doesn't have to be calm. It can, it yeah. can absolutely be raucous and. It can just be fun. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, one of the things when we unload groceries in our house, my wife has a insane talent of being able to catch anything that you throw at her. And so as we're putting away fruit and other produce in the fridge, I'll unload it on the kitchen table and I can't throw very well, but she catches anything I throw to her. And so I'll throw it right across the kitchen and she will catch it up high, down low, wherever it is, an orange, an apple, a banana, a head of celery. Um, And it just makes putting groceries away much more fun. And our kids think it's hilarious. So it's just an opportunity for to turn a a mundane task into a whole event. (laughs) Wow. You know, that's fun for the whole family. (laughs) So maybe I need you guys to come unload groceries at my house. If, if If we tried that at my house, I have to be honest. That would be a no-go. There would be fruit and veggies all over the floor if I was the one catching. Oh, it would be the same if I were catching too. She can catch anything, so. I'm more likely <laughs> to duck and cover if yeah. something's thrown at me than to actually reach for it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there. So on that fun note, you know, we've talked about a lot today, thinking about planning, thinking about boundaries, thinking about incorporating mindfulness into those everyday moments, aligning what what you're doing with your values to make sure that you're truly serving yourself as well. And that's not selfish. It's allowing you, like you said, with the oxygen mask, it's allowing you to be able to serve others if you first serve yourself. Uh, So lots of good ideas, including a new way to put away groceries that I had never thought of. And Makes me a little nervous, honestly, but very fun. And I'll probably giggle and get some looks from my family the next time I unload groceries, because that's what I'm going to be thinking about is your fruit and veggies sailing across the kitchen. 
during yes. your grocery <laughs> unloading time. Yes. Um, so I know that our listeners are going to want to connect with you. How can we do that? How can we do that? So you can follow me on Instagram at life align coaching, life align coaching. Um, and then I also have a website, which is lifealign coaching.com. Great. And I will link these in the show notes so that you don't even have to go find them. You can just click and be on your way. Nice. So thank you so much, John. I had such a great time sitting down and talking with you today and learning some of your tricks and tips and wisdom surrounding self-care. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Thank you. I warned you it was good. And it was, wasn't it? I wonder what did you take away from our conversation with John today? I'm always amazed at the wisdom and the quiet confidence that he has as he shares his ideas and shares those insights in a way that just makes so much more sense than when you are trying to puzzle through everything on your own. So I really do encourage you to go ahead and follow him on Instagram, connect with him, Life Align Coaching, or on his website. And I will pop those links in our show notes to make them easy for you to get to and to connect with John. Until next week, have a wonderful day.